Hello and welcome to Surrey Voices, the podcast from Surrey Choices. I am your host, Tash, and this month we are talking about learning disabilities. The 19th and the 25th of June was Learning Disability Week, which is why we picked this subject. I have EUPD, which is Emotional Unstable Personality Disorder. It makes it hard to read body language and if people are joking, I can't tell if they're being serious or not. I also have an intellectual impairment and a mild social function impairment, which means it takes me longer to learn things and I struggle to socialize with people in my own age. So that's me. In today's episode, Martin and Sav interview Kira Lawrence, who works with Mencap and does the great successful Pink Sparkle Pod. Jackie tells us how a project called Books Beyond Words help people with a learning disability read and share books. And Dan tells us about his experience with learning disabilities and who inspires him. Stick around later for Choices Voices. And this month, our future Choices guys are getting excited about Wimbledon. And we find out who goes in above and beyond for Rob. But first, Kira. Hi, it's me, Martin, back again, and I'm joined by Salvatore. Good morning, Martin. This week, it's Learning Disability Week, and we are lucky to be joined by Kira from Mencap. Kira wants the Pink Sparkle podcast. It is to help raise awareness of learning disability. Hello, Kira. Hey, Martin. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi. How have you been? Good yeah, really. yeah. thank you. That's good. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. I can definitely tell you a bit about myself. So my name is Kira Lawrence. Obviously, I'm a person with a learning disability. I'm 43 and I work at Mencap, which is the UK's leading learning disability charity. And my job at Mencap is engagement lead. That's my job title. And what that means is I talk to people with learning disabilities and I make sure that they are included as much as possible in all of Mencap's work. So what I do is I'll meet with people with a learning disability and I'll ask them lots of questions like, what do we need to do better at Mencap? What could be better at Mencap? How can we make sure this changes? And so then I take what they tell me And then I go away and I go, right, what can we do about this? So, for example, at the moment, I'm part of a piece of work at NENCAP around story sharing, storytelling. And that's about when people with a learning disability share their story with anyone in NENCAP for any reason and how that should be done. And now we've made a really good new process around that. So that's really brilliant. Another piece of work that people with a learning disability told us is that IT isn't very accessible at Mencap. So now we're working alongside our Mencap IT team to make their service line more accessible. So that's fantastic. And that's changing now. And even their emails are more accessible now. So we've helped make them more accessible, which is brilliant. Um, So that's a really good example of my job 
my job is all about making sure people with a learning disability tell us what's important to them at NENCAP and then I try and do something about it and include those people in that piece of work. I'm also a podcaster. I also am a columnist for Able Magazine. So if you ever get Able Magazine, my column's in there. Oh, I'm a media spokesperson at NENCAP. So sometimes I get to go and do media interviews on TV or radio, which is very exciting. I love doing that. I do lots of things. Like I'm very lucky. I get to go out and meet MPs, to doing media, to campaigning, to lobbying, to writing. So yes, I have lots of hats. It's amazing QR. Also, I'm a trustee for the Sunny Bank Trust. I've got a big that up seeing as Martin's on the call. And <laughs> also other charities as well. I'm also a trustee of a charity called Include.org. I'm a trustee of another local charity called Head to Head Sensory Theatre, and that's a theatre charity. So that combines my love of theatre and disability. They're a disability theatre charity. They're amazing. I'm also a patron for Dance Syndrome, which are an incredible inclusive dance charity. And actually, Jen Blackwell, who's one of the members of Dance Syndrome, she was given a BEM in the birthday honours a few days ago. So we're very proud of her, very proud of Dance Syndrome and all they're achieving now. So yeah, I have a very busy diary. That's a terrific PR. It should be... I'm proud of you, all that achievements and everything else you're, you're doing at the moment. You should be so, so proud. Thank you, yes. I'm very proud of what I've achieved. I was told at the age of 10 years old by one of my old school teachers I would never achieve anything. When I left my last mainstream school, two of my teachers said to me, now, you go off to that special school where you belong. You'll never achieve anything. I'm married. I'm 10 years married. I've just celebrated my 10-year wedding anniversary. I have my own home. And it just proves that people with a learning disability can have good relationships. I'm living proof of that. I've got a 22-year career at Mencap. I've been there 22 years. And I built my career there. And I'm very proud of that. So, yeah, I'm very proud of all I've achieved. And there's more to come. I'm sure there is. So watch this space. Eva, we wanted to ask you some questions about learning disability. Absolutely fine with me. Is there a difference between learning disability and learning difficulty? Yes. So at Mencap, we say that dyslexia is a learning difficulty, whereas the learning disability is different because with learning disability, it's lifelong, there's no cure, and it affects you your whole life. And so we say dyslexia is a learning difficulty, not a learning disability. But learning disability, do you think currently need to much attention? Oh, that's a good question. I think learning disability, obviously there are different levels of learning disability and everybody's different. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes and everybody has their own needs because everybody's different. 
Um, I think it's important that actually all people have with a learning disability have the most attention um, because we know that learning disability is confusing and you all know that learning disability, not a lot of people understand what a learning disability is. What's your opinion on special education needs at schools these days? Well, I think that my personal view is that it should be up to the child's family and the child to decide what's best for them. I know that when I was at special needs school many years ago, it was the best place for me to be because I needed that support. But I think things have changed a lot. And I think, you know, inclusion is really important. Inclusion of children with a learning disability is really important in schools. It's up to the family to decide what education is best for their child because they know their child the best. What are some of the challenges for people with a learning disability? What are some of the challenges for people with a learning disability? That's a really good question. We know there's some really big challenges that people with a learning disability face. Health inequalities, so people with a learning disability don't always get good health care. We know that employment is a really big issue for people with a learning disability because employers don't know what a learning disability is and what support they can get to employ people with a disability or a learning disability. Things like transport. Transport can be a really big issue if information is inaccessible. People will find it harder to travel. Things like housing. People with a learning disability might need support to find a home. They might need support with budgeting and paying bills. Also, education, like we were just talking about, it's harder in education when people have a learning disability or children have a learning disability because they'll need that extra support to learn and achieve. Oh, lots of things. But yes, those are the main big things that I can think of. Do you have... Any personal experience with a learning disability or deal with diversity? Well, I am a person with a learning disability. I was diagnosed with my learning disability at the age of 10 years old. And I had been, by this point, I had been at two mainstream schools, which both I struggled at. I found school life very difficult. And then at the age of 10, a lady came into my school and she was called an educational psychologist. And she was able to realise that I actually had a learning disability. But obviously, in the early 90s, learning disability wasn't known about. It wasn't in the media. It wasn't really understood. And so then I got statemented for special needs education. Then I went to my special needs school and I've grown up now with my learning disability and I'm really proud of having a learning disability. It makes me unique. It makes me different. And now I get to be a role model for other people with a learning disability and say, if I can achieve things, so can you. So, yes, it's something that's very close to my own heart. And I know there are 1.5 million people living in the UK with a learning disability. I'm just one person, but we need lots of people to speak out and have their voice heard. Excellent. Jess, a few last questions to finish off today's interview. 
who who is your favourite guest? Oh, f- do you mean for my podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. I've got a couple. Rob Bryden. So most of you might know Rob Bryden played Uncle Bryn in the BBC series Gavin and Stacey. I loved interviewing him. I've also loved interviewing the MP Penny Mordaunt. Most of you would remember that recently Penny Mordaunt carried that really big sword into Westminster Abbey for the recent coronation of King Charles. So, again, she was another brilliant interview guest. Um, Oh, there's been lots. Jeremy Vine, Tim Vine. I've had lots of amazing people. Everybody's been brilliant. Any tips for starting your own podcast? Yes, I have lots of tips for starting your own podcast. First of all, think of a really good name for it because the name is really important. So when you're promoting your podcast, it's really good to have a really good name of it that people will remember. Um, I think that's a top tip. Think about your audience. Think about who you want to reach out to. I think it's really important to think about themes that you might want to interview someone about. So for me, I know that I like to talk to my guests about having a learning disability. That's the message of my podcast. So it's really important to think about your message. It's important to think about what you want to get across to people when you interview them. That's really important. So yeah, there are lots of tips I can give. Who would you love to, to interview next on your podcast? Well, I have a very exciting interview guest coming up soon. And that is the very lovely BBC broadcaster and journalist Victoria Derbyshire. She's now signed up to my podcast and I'll be interviewing her in August. So... Yeah, that's coming up. So that's very exciting. And she's interviewed me before. So now the tables are turning and I'm getting to interview her. So I'm very excited. I've also got one potential other exciting one, but I can't quite announce it yet. I'm waiting on final green light on it. Oh, there's so many people. I There's so many people. Kylie Minogue, because she's my music idol, I'd love to interview her. I'd love to interview Chris Marty from Coldplay because my husband and I are huge Coldplay fans. So I'd love to have him on. There are lots of people. That's excellent. Thank you for joining us. A brilliant chatting with you guys. The Pink Sparkle podcast can be found on mainstream sites such as Spotify, Audible, and where, where else can we find Akira? You can also find my podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Audible, as you just said, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. It's on anywhere that you get your podcasts. It will be there. Thank you very much, Kira, for, for coming on to do the interview. And, and, and it's Martin and... Well, thank you, guys, so much. And, and goodbye for, for Mars. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Catch up soon, Kira. Next. David asks Martin from Choices Waves about his experience with learning disabilities. So Martin, have you had 
any difficulty with learning whilst growing up? Hi, David. No, because I went to a special needs school, which which was catered for my needs. So going back to my younger years, I went to a special needs school in South Quarter, which which is physical and learning disability school. Did you know any people there who struggle with learning difficulties? It was a small school, so so, so everyone had a learning disability, so yeah. Um, did you ha- have any support from family? Yes. As I lived with, with my parents, my mum was the main carer for me for growing up. Like, she used to be my physiotherapist and everything in between. And then um, sometimes I find it hard to understand things as well. And another thing was, um, my family were quite close to me, well, from a very young age until now. I find it hard to understand things sometimes, and they helped, and they have helped me over the years. Now, let's hear from Jackie Doe. Beyond Words, for those people that don't know, are award-winning wordless picture stories, and they cover a range of topics. Um, Each of those stories is co-created with and for the people who find it easier to understand pictures um, rather than words. Uh, The aim of the books is to get uh, across messages to people, but the key aim of them is to open up conversations, increase understanding, support decision making and explore people's feelings. Uh, In summer 2022, we started our first Beyond Words book club at our Longmead hub. The book club now runs twice a month in the hub and we're expanding these out to other hubs and libraries. The book club's become an opportunity for a group to come together and read and discuss a story and see what it brings up. Um, This could range from stories about belonging, friendships, medical issues, sometimes death. The stories are accessible to everyone because there's no words so you don't need to be able to read and everyone can get involved and have a go. In the first session we had someone join who had never held a book before, never even tried to hold a book. And now he comes every week and holds his own book. And he's really pleased about that. We've noticed that the book club group have grown a real connection with each other because they're all together. They all do something together. They have a meaning and a purpose. It's brought them more confidence to speak up in a session. There are more people who will now speak up and talk about their experiences and ask questions and speak to other people about their opinions and what's going on. And we've managed to open up loads of discussions about topics that we wouldn't have otherwise got into because otherwise people would just want to talk about what they enjoy talking about normally. But we've managed to get into some areas that we wouldn't normally have got into, such as elderly parents dying, um, issues about friendships and belonging, how you feel, a lot about feelings, sometimes about depression and sadness. Uh, So there's been a lot of opportunity to have a range of discussions, which has been brilliant. Um, The book clubs have really, really increased people's visual literacy about how they can understand what's going on in a book. And like I said, to see people hold books and enjoy books is really brilliant. So these are people who would not generally join a book club and they all joined because they wanted to be a part of something. Um, So it's been a really lovely experience to watch them do that. Uh, So, Rosie, we're going to talk a bit about the Beyond Words book clubs that we've been running here. So tell me a bit about the book clubs. What things do you do when you go to a book club for Beyond Words? Do you need to be able to read words or not? 
Not really. You don't need to be able to read, yeah. So that's really important, isn't it? So yeah. who can join in the book club? Anyone. Everyone can join in the book club, yeah. can't they? And that's really important. So yeah. you don't need to be able to read. Do you need to be able to hold the book or could someone hold it for you? Me. Someone can hold it for you. Do you need to have seen the book before or everyone looks at the book together? Yeah, together. So all together, anyone can join yeah. in. Yeah. So, Sinead, you've got one of the books there. Yeah? Yes. Which one are you going to look at? What's well, Moving War and Feeling Good, this one's yeah. called. Yeah, okay. So describe to me a bit about that book. What kind of things are there in it? So it's a... A, a somebody with a police officer mm-hmm. who um who looks like he's uh, cross. Yeah. And um, it it might be investigation or mm-hmm. something, and then he goes to his family. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then uh, he's running, and then the police officer said, "Stop." Okay, so he's running, and the policeman. If you were running randomly in the street. What might a policeman think about that? Suspicious. Yeah, I think that you are doing a suspicious activity. So the book is trying, I think, to explain that what he needs to do differently instead of running, isn't it? Running yeah. randomly. He needs to mm-hmm. run and do something different because he's running in jeans and a T-shirt. And he what looks, would you normally go running in? Uh, jog, jog, joggers, joggers. Joggers, yeah, joggers and trainers. Yeah, not, not those, yeah. So that's really important, isn't it? So... Yeah. So the book is explaining something to help and it gives you some ideas of things to do, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it's really useful. So book clubs at Surrey Choices are happening at the moment at Longmead twice a month, aren't they? So a Tuesday and a Friday. So do you think people should come along, Rosie, if they want to? Yeah. Do you think people should have a book club in their hub? Yes. Yes, okay. So that's the message for today. Have a book club in your hub. Finally, Dan Trump is Choices Waste showbiz expert and he is part of the podcast production team on Surrey Voices. He's here to tell me about his experience with learning disabilities and who inspires him. Dan, what was it like for you in school? Well, Tash, I was the first and only person at my primary school uh, mainstream primary school who had epilepsy, cerebral palsy and a visual impairment. I learned quite a lot about the experience there and I had a small group of friends. When I moved out of spe- special needs education, I went into a secondary school uh, and a college, which was a boarding, boarding experience, which was very nice. Tash, did you go to an SEN school or not? I did in the end because I struggled at a mainstream school. Which did you prefer? The SEN school. Is it the same for you, Dan? Well, the secondary school college experience was better for me because going into mainstream primary school didn't help with my anxiety and enthusiasm. So, Dan, do you have any inspirations or idols who share the same experiences as you? Spielberg is one of the inspirations and idols. I was the only person at my primary school who had a visual impairment, cerebral palsy and epilepsy. And unfortunately, I was bullied because of it. What was it like to be bullied? Did you enjoy it? 
<laughs> no, not really. But bullying is quite common with um, people with disabilities. And as Steven Spielberg has had a similar situation with bullies at school. But with the primary school and the secondary school slash college experiences, they've been good for later in life with my comedy routines and my screenplays as well. Steven Spielberg is much older than me, obviously, and he sees that the experiences at schools with disabilities have changed since the 50s. It's changed slowly. It didn't start changing until much later than the 90s. I'd done a gig in London in 2017, which was quite funny because that mocked some of the experiences there. <laughs> in 96, I, I did poster boy work for Scope, a cerebral cruelty charity, as you can see. <laughs> and my mum and dad dressed me up in a green top and cotton trousers. They added a ginger wig and black glasses. I looked like a better version of Frankie Boyer. Then <laughs> <laughs> again, I respect disabled people and dogs. He doesn't. <laughs> now it's time for one of our regular features, Choices Voices. Hi, it's Joy. My name's Jack Forfer. Hi, I'm Jack Saunders. And today we're talking about Wimbledon. The Wimbledon Tennis Champion is the oldest in the world. That is happening in London. The players compete for a share of the prize money. That year, it was a record high amount of 14 million. How much do you think it will be this year? Do you think it will be more or less than last year? Oh, was it more? Okay. More. Forty-five million. Fifty million. Have any of you been to Wimbledon? No, I haven't. I don't think I ever been there. Never been to Wimbledon. No. I've never been to Wimbledon. But my aunt and uncle is going this year. They've never got in the ballot, but this first time they got in, they got accepted. Fifty million. Plenty of people will be gathering on Murray Mount and Hamion Hill to watch the games. And it's a lovely bit of grass behind court number one. Roughly about £25 to pay so you can watch it there. Or you might as well just watch it on telly and not pay all, all of that money. Or if you want to have the atmosphere, you can go to w- w- Wimbledon. It's going to be really, probably really buggy and busy. And if it's lovely weather, you'll probably make a great day out of, of it. Your very friend have been served at Wimbledon for the very first tournament, and that was in 1877. And it only had 200 through a 1.9 million of strawberry up here and eating during the tournament. My auntie loves Wimbledon. She watches it every year. By the end of it, I'm slightly bored to watch it again. Yeah, because it, it's on every day. Would you ever get, like to go to Wimbledon? I have. I might. Might go, depending if I get the ballot or not. You can apply on Wimbledon tennis website. It's a very good tournament once it gets going. Thanks, guys. That was Ace.
Now, everybody needs a hand in life. And on this podcast, we like to give a shout out to those who are there beside us to lend a hand. This month, Rob tells us who goes above and beyond. Um, the place that goes above and beyond for me is Phyllis Tuckwell because I work for them and they've been really supportive of me over the last 18 months. They're an organisation charity. They give hospice care to um, to people with um, end-of-life incurable illnesses. So they support people and their families when they're, when they're um, very ill. With. They've just been extremely supportive of me um, because when I started there, um, I sort of had difficult, t- difficult times myself recently and they've just been um, really supportive and they've, really helped me in a big way and I think they're a fantastic employer for anyone like myself with um, autism who finds struggles because they're just supportive in every way possible and I couldn't um, have a better employer than them because I don't think I could work for anyone better than them really. Thank you to everyone at Phyllis Tapwell and for all their work it really makes a difference. Now to play us out let's listen into what's been going on at Choices Waves the in-house radio station Take it away. Are you, are you ready for it? Choices Waves. The digital voice of Sorry Choices. Good morning, everyone. We are on Choices Waves. We've got a great program to let you calm down with a cup of tea or a bit of toast. Hi, everyone, enjoys Closest Wave and the songs. Hello, this is David Lance with the Every Other Week Music Hour. First, we have Harabe de Palo with Bonito. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah. Do I have to follow the script or can I ad lib? So our first song is a real classic. And this time it peaks at number 11 in the chart. Our next song is Dump Tech Tech by Hadsey. I'm Natalie and I'm on Twist Way. Hi, DJ. Good Thanks for listening to Sorry Voices. We want to say thanks this month to Kira Lawrence, Jackie Doe and everyone else who helped out. Your production team this month was me, Tash. Me, Dan. Me, David. Until next time, ta-ra! The digital voice of Sorry Choices.